0: Hello, Village, and welcome to part two of Pregnancy and Birth. This is Chizmari Ramos, and I'm here with my ladies, like always, Kira. Say hi.
2: Hey, good ladies. How are y'all?
0: And Kristen Scraggins. Hi, ladies. And we are back with Kathy. <laughs> we're going to keep talking about hmm. pregnancy and birth, but this time we're going to go more specific about the birth, the labor, and delivering. And I know a lot of you requested this, so here's your chance to get some notes and learn a little little bit from our expert that is here with us, and she's sharing the first part, over 4,000 deliveries, so she knows something (laughs) that we don't know. But Kristen, can you explain to us a little bit
1: what we talked about part one, and then that way we can go through part two? Okay, so, well, there was so much information, Kathy, and we didn't get to all of it, so I do want our listeners to know Mm -hmm. that we asked a question, like, how, how can women take care of their bodies even if they're not in childbearing years. And Kara and I were happy that we were included
3: (laughs) in that comment.
1: And so you got to a few of them, but there were so many that you didn't get to. So I just want our listeners to know we're going to put all of those in the show notes. So we talked about taking care of our bodies. We talked about the difference between a midwife and a doula. We explained what a midwife was. And then you covered some do's and don'ts when dealing with becoming expecting children or wanting to expect children. And so those are some things that we covered at the beginning of that episode and all the way through. And so now this is part two, but we do want to do a giveaway. Before we get started with part two. So we're going to give a $25 gift card. Should we do Bye Bye Baby or Target? Which one? Which one? (laughs) Let's do Bye Bye Baby. Bye bye Baby for those expecting Mama. Bye bye baby. And how are we going to give this away? Maybe we'll do a post on Instagram. Yes, Yes, ladies. So So be looking on Instagram for the post. And then if you respond to it, you'll you'll be entered. Because I mean everybody doesn't want a gift card to Bye Bye Baby, right? Yeah. So Anyway, we'll we'll do that. So be looking on Instagram for the post.
0: But let's just jump right in because okay. we have a lot of questions <laughs> for
1: you and we can't wait to hear your
0: answers. But tell us, how can you, a new expecting mom, you know, prepare for labor and delivery? Like what, what is some key advice that you always tell them, please, I know
3: there's a lot you have to do, but this this three are the most important. Okay. Well, first of all, I think it's important to educate yourself because if you educate yourself then you're going to have less fear of what's going to happen during the process. And for the most part, you know, there's all these different choices of how you can get through labor and there's hypnobirthing, there's Lamaze out there, there's well, the Bradley method which is not really spoken of as much. It's not really touted as something, you know, common for people, but it's one of my favorites and actually the reason why is because it's father led. So, what that means is that a uh, husband gets involved more in the process, and it feels a part of it. And I feel like we need to keep our men masculated. Yes. <laughs> let's like honor them for the position in, in, and their role in the family. And ultimately, in this birth experience, after years and years of doing this, You finally mature, I think, maybe as a human being, like as the provider. And, you know, of course, it's really wonderful if a patient turns to me and says, Oh my gosh, Kathy, I couldn't have done it without you. (laughs) And, you know, I kind of realized like towards the end of being an RN that I am important to them, but they, even though I do honor my role and I try as hard as I can with each patient, but I, don't like, it's not that major of an event in my life as it is to a family. Mm -hmm. And so I started to realize like to draw the husbands in and that's sort of like what I try to do in the experience. I love at least for me that I can share
0: my experience with Kathy. One thing that I love is like she always involved my husband and my husband wanted to be part of it, but usually men don't know what to do or they feel that they... They, don't, they can't add that much. Yeah, but they're in the way. Yes, but know? the reality is like they add a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, the fact that my husband was there just hugging me, rubbing my back and there in the birth of our child, I mean, it's huge because it's as much an amazing experience and beautiful experience for the woman as for the father. So that, mm-hmm. that was something that I didn't want him to miss. Mm-hmm. And that made it even more special. He tells me all the time, the fact that he loved how you, Kathy, you know, and everyone in the team and the nurses just help him be as much, you know, a involved, part of, part of the experience. Yeah. According to Eric, he delivered all four of our children. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <if> I, it's <laughs> like how the, the
1: fish gets bigger every time. Yeah, I'm story. Like, yeah, I'm <laughs> the story.
3: Well, some of the dads really want to get involved, you know, and so, I mean, Like, if I can get the head and the top shoulder out, then I let them put their hands on their child and bring the baby right up to the mom's. um. And it's beautiful. It It is beautiful. beautiful. Jimmy delivered
1: Isaac. And then they they asked him if he wanted to cut the cord. And he said, no, I'm good. And the doctor said, yeah, a lot of dads are scared to do that. Well, then that was the wrong thing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not not scared to do it. Give me those scissors. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) But, but, you know, it is so true that I, I think our society as a whole is grappling with manhood womanhood and we do tend to emasculate these guys and so that's such a shame because it's it's god ordained to have a mom and a dad and so he has a vital role and as much as we can honor that and lean into that the whole family benefits from it so kathy thank you so much for saying that it's
3: true and i feel like other preparation is key i feel like the woman should also with her partner go through this, these courses, gain knowledge together. And then he learns also like the different processes that she's physically going through. And they actually go over like things that he can do to help her feel more comfortable. And so he's not at a loss. And um, well, that relieves a lot of arguments too.
0: <laughs> I'm just saying, for the sake of your marriage, right. so you can understand what she's going through. Right. That's true.
3: And then, you know, preparation is always key. So some People are like cool with just throwing stuff together real quick at the last minute. Other people like to prepare and they feel comfortable if they pack their bags. It's really cute. Like a woman's in labor. I, I always like find it so hilarious how the woman is still directing the guy. Like, <laughs> honey, it's in the bag, it's all the way to the back, to the right, underneath the little baby blankets. You know, like the other patch. The other patch. That's right. <laughs> or I love it when the woman knows more about about setting up the video camera than actually the guy, like, just (laughs) hand it to me. And (laughs) (laughs) she's multitasking. That's That's right. I know. It's kind of (laughs) cute. But, you know, packing all those things, you know, trying to get your, Mm -hmm. you know, your head in the right place too. And I really do feel like if every night before you guys go to bed together, like if you like say a prayer, like for God to be present at your birth mm-hmm. and to just help you to relax and to have all the um you know, the people that are gonna be present. Yeah that they're and that they're on board, that their head is in the game. And like, you know, just pray for your nurses, pray for mm-hmm. your doctor or pray for your midwife, you know, your doula, whoever, like, it's all important. Because, you know, I just think you know we always just sort of forget about that, too. We just are focusing so much, you know, just on me, me, me. But like, I think that our prayers are answered more when we're actually praying for other people. Oh, thank you for <laughs> sharing that.
0: Because that, that was one thing we did. Um, my husband and I, the the closer we will get. I'm not saying we're like perfect. I'm just, we need a lot of prayer when you get closer because there's a lot of fears and there's mm-hmm. a lot of things that you hear nowadays. And then um I remember one thing we used to do all the time. It was like, you know what? Let's just pray so the Lord can provide the perfect nurses that they're going to understand us. You know, they're right. going to be helpful to us and all nurses out there, they're listening. Thank you so much for your work. I mean, I the That's work that amazing. nurses do mm-hmm. are just admirable. I, You guys' work is just powerful. And, I remember for all my births, I I cannot complain to any of the nurses. They were amazing, but I know because God put them there. Right. So thank you so much for sharing that. So Kathy, as as you're preparing, I know one
2: of the big topics that women often discuss is whether to have a medicated or a natural birth. So could you maybe dispel some of the myths of both? You know, what sure. is considered a natural birth versus what is considered a, a medicated birth? And how do you kind of advise your patients to go about making those kind of decisions, both prior to birth and, you know, sometimes women once they get into, you know, <laughs> reality active labor, yeah. yeah, they change their minds. And how Crap. do you encourage them or discourage them through that?
3: Right. Okay. So it's always easier to kind of look at things prior to feeling contractions and saying, this is how it's going to (laughs) go because you've never experienced it before. And sometimes I like to just tell people I use... And not everybody even knows, like Tim the Tool Man Taylor, but um, (laughs) he's from Home Improvement. I mean, now I start dating myself because I think he's off the air. But maybe they have reruns. But (laughs) Tim Tim Allen, yeah, Yeah. Tim Allen, and he has that little tool belt. And that's sort of like the picture I like to paint in their head: is all the little tools. Like, what tools are we going to use to help you get through this process? And and you say you want to have a natural childbirth, so let's get prepared. So you are taking these courses, you're you're learning breathing techniques. So, you have to really, if that's your desire, you have to work for that. And you also have to keep yourself in. I'm not saying you have to be like an athlete, but keep in mind, like, you need to have stamina to get through this process. Does labor is like a oh, marathon. Yes. Labor is a marathon. I right. Know. You just never know. You have to think of like, ra- you got to be
0: good at squatting. I'm just
2: saying. <laughs> that's
3: right.
0: <laughs> I'm just saying. You got
2: to hold that squat. So, when you say natural, that means no medication at all, no Kirk. Tylenol, no nothing.
3: Right.
0: Nothing. Okay. It's just. just, just just, to, just, just to air and
3: the holy spirit that's right
0: just air and the holy spirit <laughs> that's right i'm a witness of that yes and, and water, and and water. water. Hydrated.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's not for no everyone shame on me over here. that's right okay <laughs> it's, it's not for everyone and i that's like i feel like for me after visualizing and helping and all these women in labor over the years i mean no one thing is the perfect right thing for everyone. So you know that's what makes my job so interesting too. I never know how it's going to go. Like, what's like? We have an idea of what the game plan is because we go together and we we write a birth plan and we go over your birth plan and we kind of chew it up. Tell I'll tell you like, well, this isn't going to fly or this is this is conceivable. We can do this and and so that when you know I don't want your expectations they're crashed to the ground when you get to the hospital or whatever. So I feel like it's best to like just was reality orient in the office and This is to the best of our ability, we're going to meet your needs and, you know,
0: help. Well, I really loved about that because one thing that you always did, at least with us, is like, you will, you know, I'm like very accountant. I will bring my birthing plan and I have points. I will (laughs) bring a printout for her. I will text it to her and she will always tell me, okay, this is doable. This is not reality. (laughs) That's a good intention, Marie." (laughs) But she will ground me, you know. But at the end of the day, I, I appreciated the fact that she will literally send a copy Put it in my on my room. Like everyone in the nursing staff will know this is her birthing plan and we're gonna follow this because I wanna make well sure that. that we right. do as, as close as possible to her desire birthing. And that that made me special and the experience special because you honor that as my right. doctor. And so
2: what, what are some of the medication options? So sure. there, you know, everyone doesn't want a
1: an epidural. Mm-hmm. Like me, <laughs> yeah. My, my birthday plan clear. was enter hospital, ask for epidural. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm with my back over, like it.
3: coming in, backing um, up. So, what
2: are what are some of the options that moms have that you know, sure. like? Well, I don't want to go completely natural, but I don't know that I necessarily want epidural. But can kind right. of take us through sure. what that that spectrum could look like. Mm-hmm. Okay,
3: so I mean, so let's just say you tried uh, like your plan. You try to do like as much as you can with the breathing, the relaxing. You were in the shower. You were on the birthing ball. You changed your positions. You, your husband's massaging you. You got the fan going, everything, and mm-hmm. music, all mm-hmm. of those good things. And you know, it just isn't cutting it. So you—that's one thing that breaks my heart too. Though I just have to say this little point is that you know sometimes husbands—they were told prior to the birth experience. To follow that birth plan and we're not wavering, even if I beg for pain medication, don't let me get it. So I've seen some of that going on, and it's really tough as the provider to watch that. Like, so I mean, I respect their relationship, and if that's really, you know, her desire, you know, but I will just gently suggest like maybe a little something might help her through this if it's really getting tough, tough, tough. And, and also I think it's not a bad thing to get an epidural over like, okay, well our other option is because we cannot manage this and you're so stressed and so tense um, that we can't, we'll either keep going on like this and most likely end up in a C-section or let's just try the epidural, relax you, give you a break, rest you. And maybe, you know, the baby will start coming down because your muscle's are relaxing that you didn't know that you were even tightening up that pelvic area. What, what
0: do you think, the is, what do you think, especially my generation, there's a lot of um, ladies I know, they're so scared of it. Um, especially because there's a lot of like, you know, negative news about, you know, overdrug and all that stuff. Why do you think is that they're so afraid of this whole medication?
3: Well, I do think like you have to use medication. They even now categorize oxygen as a medication. It's crazy, but they do. Mm -hmm. And so if we start oxygen during the labor process, because let's just say the monitor strip is showing that the baby's heart rate is flat, like there's no variability, or we see some D-cells. If you have pitocin going, that that has to be turned off. Like it's it's a medication and it's like we're doing something, you know, to change something else that's going on. So in regards to like using medications through the IV to help like with pain, we generally use something called Stadol. And so I think maybe people feel defeated by taking Stadol. I am really judicious about my use of Stadol because what I've noticed is that sometimes if given in a situation where we are kind of concerned about the baby, it can push things like into more negative for the the baby itself. So, I want to make sure, like, that the baby is in pristine condition Mm -hmm. before, and also timing is of essence. Because if you give something a little bit too late, then this this is still in the baby's system; it hasn't worked out of the of the baby system, Mm -hmm. and so then it's harder at the time of birth for the baby to like cry and expand its lungs. And you know, there's a whole process that has to happen so that the baby converts from being used to be being attached to the placenta and like. There's, you know, a whole physiological side to that that has to happen with pressure gradients and stuff. And that can't happen within the baby's heart when it takes that first, you know, breath in if it's not crying. And and so we don't want a baby that ends up in the NICU basically and has to be resuscitated. So that's why you said at the beginning, like knowledge is a key. This is why it's so important for moms to, you know, learn
0: about the different options. And if you you know, ask your doctors all these different questions because you might think, you know, you want one way, but there's another one that's better for you. And this is all based on the fact that you're a healthy mom, you know, right. that you're not overweight, you don't have preeclampsia, like there's no other things behind it. We're talking about if you're a healthy mom, because we know healthy is number one in a,
3: in a mom's body. That's for sure. And And like the epidural too, prior to getting an epidural, like i know it's frightening like some people will connotate like oh well then the next step is a c section if i get an epidural so even in my own family, my daughter Megan, unfortunately, she was in Cleveland, so I mean I did not have any jurisdiction over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I and so anyway, she ended up getting the epidural for her labor because she was being induced with pitocin or I actually augmented cuz her water broke. And so the poor thing, you could just see like being a provider I know what other providers are thinking, and I can <laughs> and what read what was happening. Read the writing on the wall. They started putting every little gadget inside of her that they could to monitor, like how strong these contractions were. They had internal leads inside. I bet and you felt like this from like I know uh, what's happening. They are, I wanted to help you so badly, and I know that like the next step is that they're going to document that my daughter's contractions were adequate. But she made no cervical change and then she's going to be cut. And so I told them C-section. Yeah. Get an epidural. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I'm like, you need to relax or you're gonna be <laughs> yeah. in the OR. Yeah. So and it worked.
1: So na you know, natural or at least, you know, a vaginal birth is everybody's hope, but yeah. that doesn't always happen. And right. so sometimes a C-section is is a necessary route. So explain to us
3: when is a C-section recommended. Okay. So some things we know even before you get into labor and delivery and not always but most of the time we recognize that the baby is in the breech presentation which means like it's either footling breech or you know the little butt is coming first and so because of the pelvic width and the presentation of the fetal parts—they're not going to fit. It's—it's it's just like it is at a higher risk for getting the head stuck. So, so you know, in the old days, we used to deliver them vaginally, and. And, and I did have one breach delivery in my, my experience and it was amazing. And I kept saying and praying, <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, the doctor's coming. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, the doctor's coming. But anyways, breach deliveries, there's something, I mean, this is, I always feel like, you know, I don't like to frighten people, you know, so some of this stuff sounds so scary, but it's rare that it occurs. But there's something called a cord prolapse. So, you know, the person's water breaks and then the umbilical cord presents itself. So that's an emergency. And so you have to either if you're at home, you got to get to the hospital right away. Or if you're in the hospital, they get you up on your hands and knees and you're like doing that downward facing dog and we're trying to push the baby's head up and off the umbilical cord and you have to be C-sectioned. So- I do VBACs, they're vaginal births after cesareans, but after two cesarean births, we have to have a, a repeat C section. Mm-hmm. So I do have a poor lady who was calling and she wanted. Um, V-back and she had three sections, but I had to turn her away. Mm -hmm. I know I feel bad. It's for their own safety. Right. So, I mean, just statistically, it's less than 1% of, like the big scare is that the scar will open across the uterus. And so statistically, it's still less than 1%, even if you've had two previous C-sections. So, you know, the numbers are in your favor. If a hundred people are in the room, only one, I mean, but if you don't want to be that one, then don't go for it. <laughs> just get it And Kathy, just for those moms who
0: are listening that mm-hmm. um because it seems like nowadays a lot of moms don't want to take the time to go natural, which to me sounds a little crazy, but it is. How can you encourage moms and be like, listen, I know, I know that's the way you're thinking or that's the way the world is doing it, but um C sections can only, I suggest that can only be a choice if this is happening, not like because you don't want to go through the pain of birthing.
3: Right. Well, this because is I a know, very I know highly you have, yes. politically, you know... Controversial. I know. I know. Yeah, I just put it <laughs> out there. I know. Well, I mean, I agree with that too. That's why I do what I do. I mean, I'm really a very competitive person too. And like if a patient ends up being a C-section... I sometimes feel like somehow maybe i failed or like I just kind of beat myself up a little bit too. Believe me, I don't want them to have to rush back to the OR. But I do believe though, that we do have the right of choice. And some people are so fearful. And I know like we all have our own, where we come from, how we were raised, like what you've been exposed to. I try as the older I get, I'm trying so hard not to judge. I try to guide and give people the best advice possible. But, you know, unfortunately, there are some people who like, I mean, you would be surprised, but labor and delivery nurses are like really a lot of them. We would go to a doctor that I knew when I was having my children, that she basically would labor you for a half hour and say, oh. (laughs) failure to progress. And then she would like cut you. And like a lot of women, you know, L&D nurses back then went to her because I think they just feared the process themselves. And a C-section. Yeah, because a C-section
0: is actually like a- It's a major surgery. It's a major
3: surgery. (laughs) It Um, is. But they were willing to take that chance. I think they just, maybe, who knows? Like So going in in that line, can you share
0: an experience? When you have C. hand worked, And I know you probably have tons, tons of great stories, but at least share one that as a believer, you can say, listen, you know, I do this professionally, but I can tell you right now, if it wasn't for the Lord in this experience, you know, I can know so much medically, but the Lord had to put his hand in this
3: situation. Sure. I can call to mind, I was still a labor and delivery nurse and we were going to do a (laughs) C-section. And the C-section was for failure to progress. And so we weren't really in a rush. It wasn't like anybody, like there was no fetal distress and everybody was just kind of, okay, you know, like, you know, not like we're jovial or whatever, but no one was nervous about the whole thing. And it was night shift. So we called, you know, like you have to call in several people. So anesthesia came in and it was this doctor who had just come back was called Big John. And he just <laughs> came back from Desert Storm. So we're talking like 1991. And so he's the anesthesiologist. And in that time frame, we did not have a NICU at that hospital. It was a level one hospital. And we didn't have even, a. I don't even believe it, the nursery nurse came for the delivery. It just ended up being myself, the respiratory therapist, and then the circulating, I was the circulating RN and then there's an RN that scrubs in and the doctor and Big John. So out comes the baby and it's blue. It's doesn't have a pulse. It doesn't have, it's not breathing, no respiratory effort whatsoever. And I call Big John. I'm like, because he's the only help to help open an airway and help resuscitate. So I ask him to please, you know, come over and help us. So luckily the mother was stable and he ran over and He starts trying to resuscitate. And of course, everything's going wrong. Like the respiratory therapist was in charge of the airway herself. She was supposed to make sure that the equipment was working. It wasn't working. And so I'm trying to put the Ambu bag together for her. Like she was new tonight. I don't know. It was just crazy. And I'm feeling like right at the umbilical cord, you can feel for a pulse. And I don't feel anything. I'm like, I don't feel a pulse. And he's bagging the baby. And... Anyways, he tries to intubate, the light on the laryngoscope's not working. I mean, everything that could go wrong, it was going wrong. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, "Dear Jesus," out loud. "Please help us." And anyone who knows anything about like fetal circulation would realize like this was a special moment because this child turned pink from its toes to the top of its head and Big John the baby started screaming. And he looks at me and he like, actually, he grabbed me and he spun me around. And he's like, did you see what happened when you said the Lord's name? And I'm like, I know it's a miracle. Oh (laughs) my gosh. And we were just all crying. I mean, this baby was dead and it was brought back to life. So the parents always attributed to him, like Big John, (laughs) but (laughs) we attributed it to Christ. I mean, he did save that child because a baby will Its fingers and its toes, you remember from your kids, they Mm -hmm. stay blue for almost 24 hours, even if it's just a normal birth and that it's from the core out. So it would be from the inner part of the baby's body like that would get pink. And and then the extremities are the last. It was just wild to see, and I know that. Wow, uh, that was amazing. I mean, I, I, I don't want to ask you for another story because <laughs> I want
0: top everything already.
3: That was wild. <laughs> so, as we close, Kathy,
2: can you just share like one? piece of advice that you would give a mom that is maybe a new mom, first-time mom that is expecting to deliver her really soon, maybe even today as she's listening? Okay. What's
3: All one piece you of never advice? Know. Maybe one of your <laughs> patients <laughs> is listening. Right. So, I mean, especially if it's a first-time mom, I I feel like don't jump the gun, number one. Like you want to reserve your energy and mm-hmm. let's like look at what's happening. So I always know if the moms are calling me, it's still early. But if the dad calls me, <laughs> then it might be go time because she can't talk on the phone anymore. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> so that's like a, a word of wisdom to midwives out there or whatever. <laughs> but so I just tell them, let's just wait and see, like, especially if it's at nighttime and you're tired, then try to lay down and go back to bed let's, you know, especially if they're like 20, 30 minutes apart. But I know it's really hard because you're really excited about this process is going to start finally. You've been waiting for nine months, but you know, it is like a marathon and you don't want to like wear yourself out and get yourself exhausted and, and end up like getting an epidural if you really wanted to go natural Mm because you end up in tears. And, and the other part too is, Like, if everything seems fine, like you, there's something called beta strep, like there's a culture they take. And if that was negative and we don't have to worry about that, and if your water breaks and it's clear fluid, you don't always have to rush immediately to the hospital. If you feel the baby moving, you can take a little bit of time. You know, you can gather your things. You guys can take a shower,
0: right? Wash your hair, right?
3: Yeah. (laughs) You know, I mean, as long as, like, you know, there's no clue that, There's something else going on, like a cord prolapse or something like that. You know, something like that. But I mean, we talk. I want, I ask my patients, please call me. Don't just text me. That's a big (laughs) thing. Like, that's a very big thing. I tell people that on the very first visit because it's so, like, I always feel really sad. Like, if I'm not right by the phone, I don't hear that little ding. Like, I'm not going to know that you wanted to have a question answered. If it's a vital, important question, call me, you know? So that's like one of the things. But, it's just that we have time, you know, and if you exhaust yourself and you don't rest, then this could be like, I hate to even say that it could be like a three-day process. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's like some people go into prodromal labor. Yeah. It's that early phase. And then that's the women that will say, "I was in labor for you know ninety five hours," and you are like, "Really? <laughs> <laughs> like that's a torture." <laughs> I am so glad that
0: is not my
2: testimony. Yes.
3: <laughs> I wasn't like that either. But yeah. I know like it was that buildup though. I remember like I
0: I was the person that I waited too long
3: because he's like, "What? Why are you not here?" And I am like, um, "Just blow dry my hair." <laughs> you're behind here. I know. I'll beat, sometimes I beat people to that. So sometimes they have beat me, but most of the time, you know, like if it's good, Sam, I'm there before they are you know, I'm waiting for the patient, but that's okay. <laughs> well, thank you, Kathy, so much. Yes, we're
0: Kathy, we're so you. blessed by your knowledge, no, your time, all the answer questions. There's so much information she has brought us, ladies, and the notes, but we're gonna put them all in the show notes, like yes. Kristen share, because there's a lot of helpful information. We'll put in the show notes as well. Her practice information, the websites, and whatever resource we can, we'll put it there so you guys can go on our show notes and get a glimpse of that. This has been the Mom Village. We're so excited you tune in. And we're going to wrap up and say bye to y'all. Ready? One, two, three. Bye Bye. Bye.